The In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Podcast. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a counselor who specializes in supporting people overcome deep feelings of shame, guilt and depression. American Lois Hollis. Hi Lois, welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining me. So where do you live at the moment? I live in the United States in uh, the western part called North Carolina. Okay, and did you grow up there? No, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, what's it like in Baltimore, Maryland? It was wonderful when I lived there uh, 50, 60 years ago, but <laughs> they have some unrest now, as a lot of the states do. I enjoyed it because it was normal, sort of a city and a little bit of suburbia. And uh, times were different then. Well, we could spend an hour on that one. As you know, times are different everywhere, but we need change. So I had, you know, my family, I had abuse. You know, that wasn't so happy, but the surroundings in the community were very pleasurable. I walked to school. You mentioned abuse. So has there been a particular personal experience that you feel changed your life fundamentally? Well, of course, the um, physical, emotional abuse I had as a child changed me. However, I was able to override that most of my life because I became very influential in my career. I started a kidney unit in the United States when as a nurse. I, I've always been a trailblazer of some sort, always finding new ways, new pathways to do things. However, in my 40s, the emotional phys- physical abuse takes its toll because, you know, you can't deny things that happen to you, as you well know. But I was not really aware of it. It was so young that it kind of went on an unconscious framework. And then around my 40s, I was became very depressed and anxious and, you know, falling apart. And I had a lot of structural abnormalities like broken jaw and head traumas and many other things. Yes, well, trauma can affect us on a subconscious level. And as you say, um, we can be walking around with those subconscious wounds for many years and then they can suddenly just resurface. Yes, because the the load of the the shame and guilt load and the traumas continue to mount. We if we don't get rid of it, we accumulate it. So the accumulation 
happens later on. Some people, it happens in their 20s or 30s or 40s, depends on the person and the resilience. I have incredible resilience, so it took a lot to take me down. Well, you mentioned shame and guilt. Why did you decide to enter the field of supporting people suffering with those type of negative emotions? Because I had to deal with that myself. I, you know, the emotional process of trying to heal, you try many modalities. And I was in a a community group, self-help group, and uh, someone asked me the magic word, what do you do about shame? And as a very astute nurse, going through a lot of situations, creating a lot of new fields, being very prominent in my area, I go, ah, I don't know. I never heard about it. I never thought about it. And it's like you being in a dark room. Can you see something dark? No. And so that's how I saw myself, totally loaded with shame, but not able to see it because it's all encompassing. And nobody talks about it anyway, because it's a taboo subject. So what type of issues do people feel guilt and shame about? Many things, but I began a quest. I have a detective mind. I have a detective mind, so I have to figure it out. I don't know why, but I just have to, and perhaps that's my calling. Anyway, so this is 20 years ago. I decided to find out about this word, shame, and I went to the library. We didn't have internet 20 years ago. At least I didn't. And so John Bradshaw was the only person speaking about shame at that point and said it's the sickness of the soul. And I went, that makes sense. And then I am very fortunate to receive unbidden information. I, I've had many spiritual experiences, so I feel kind of close to another dimension. And something came equipped. It's like, I got it. I got it. And you know that feeling when you get something, you understand it completely. And I understood that shame was the cause of all my problems. I didn't have to go to counseling for depression. I did not have to go counseling for anxiety. I didn't have to have all these migraine headaches for 30 years. And it was like everything holistic in this root of shame. And I was very ecstatic because I was happy. I had a, had a way. You know, I had a way to heal because my whole life was trying to heal. And so therefore, I saw, worked with the shame that I received as a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, and I was able to actually remove it. And I became happier. I became healthier. People wanted to know what I was doing because I looked different. Uh, my, My scoliosis was improving. Of course, I had physical chiropractic help, of course. You need many modalities, but the shame guilt gave me the impetus of feeling good enough to heal myself. You know, that's the beginning. You have to feel good enough to start the healing process. If you're so bad in shame, you don't feel like you're worth anything. So why even try? You mentioned John Bradshaw. Wasn't he the author who's famous for exploring your inner child? That is the um, main focus. Because it isn't you, Nigel, that carries the shame, guilt. It's the inner child that carries it. So that's why people say, oh, I can get rid of shame very easy. Just get rid of all the shame I have. Well, if it was that easy, it would all be fine. We'd all be healthy. Shame is released when it's recognized and seen. And that's its only flaw. So how would you describe depression? Because I would imagine that shame and guilt and depression are all linked in some way at times. 
definitely. So if I may have whoever is listening and you as well, Nigel, can take a piece of paper and a pencil. Now, if you're driving, please do not do this. This really needs to be written down so you can understand what I'm saying. I would draw, I draw a stick men because that's all I can do. Okay, now draw a little box in their hand and put the word hurt. Now, we all get hurt in our lives, especially as a kid. Oh, you can't have that because you haven't done your homework. You get some hurt feelings. Okay, it's not like catastrophic, like beaten or abused. It's, it's a hurt feeling. We all get this. This is our culture. But we get a little bit of shame, guilt with that. Now, explain why I say shame, guilt, not just shame, because they're the same. Shame, guilt, and hurt. Okay, so we get a little bit of that. And so we go about our normal life and you're seven or eight or and then you're kind of anxious because, oh, who's going to hurt me next? And that's our mind. We're all, we, we have a protectiveness about us. We're anxious, like it's can happen again, right? If it happens once, you kind of get anxious about it happening again. And it does happen again because that's our culture. Unless you know what it's all about, you're going to accept it again and get more shame. So above the hurt box, draw a bigger box called anxiety. Anxiety has more shame and guilt in it than hurt. So now you're going around being anxious, 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 and you're getting like angry. Like, why do I have to be, why do I have to be so aware of this? This is terrible. I'm really upset. I'm really angry now because people hurt me. But see, we don't know how to fix that. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about a model that we have all been through because we haven't learned how to get rid of shame and guilt that we receive cultures, other governments, religious scenario, etc. I'm talking about just receiving it and not being able to get rid of it. So we get anger. Now you can put a box of anger being larger than the hurt, anxiety, anger box. And so we're dealing with anger. And you know, when you deal with anger, it, it accumulates. A person without doing some type of therapy or some type resolution, the anger only intensifies. And then you draw another box over the anger and you put hatred. So hatred above anger is depression. So depression has more shame and guilt in it than anger. And as you know, in therapy, when someone is depressed and they start getting angry, we all consider it as being healthier. You know, they're willing to start moving around. So depression is really a state of larger shame and guilt. But the reason why depression is so difficult to heal, because look at the model. You have hurt feelings, you have anxiety feelings, you have anger feelings, and then you just like, I give up. I'm tired. The heck with it all. I'm just depressed and I'm not going to do anything. Would you say then that hurt, anger, and anxiety, they all can lead to severe depression? Exactly. Exactly. It depends on how much shame, guilt you accumulate. Now, not everybody who's angry gets depressed, as you know. But if you're given enough anger and enough shame and guilt and your resilience is low, it's a, you know, it depends on the composite of the person, you go into depression and then you go into hatred. You know, each emotion becomes stronger in its presentation. My model says that shame, guilt, is the result of an accumulation of shame and guilt, and we call it different emotional states. Well, you mentioned your model. How do you believe your approach is different from other coaches or therapists? Well, other therapies, they deal with depression. I have received people coming to me saying, please, I do not want coping mechanisms. 
I want to get rid of this depression. I want to get rid of this anger. I don't want to learn how to cope. I learned how to cope, but it's more frustrating because I still have it. And this makes the person even more shameful because we can't fix you. We can only give you coping mechanisms. And I'm not saying they're wrong. In a state of anger, these coping mechanisms are life-saving. It's very important. But there's another step, finding and releasing the shame guilt that's causing the depression. So that's where I go. Nuts wrong with the models that are out there. I'm just saying that there is another step we can take. And that's why positive affirmations are very good. I like that. It gets you to first base. It gets you out of bed in the morning. It gets you the willingness to help you move on. But there's another step that the must-seem puzzle piece is the release and the recognition of shame and guilt. And then you can actually decrease the amount of shame and guilt that you're holding, and you can drop the layers of intensity of emotions. And I've seen this over and over and over and over again the last 15, 20 years. Well, that sounds very interesting and uh, intriguing. But I understand you're also a filmmaker. So what have your films been about? Shame and guilt. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Right. Now, at the moment, I have a DVD on my website, but also on YouTube. It's called Out of Discord into Harmony. And it shows me talking to my inner parts, like you said before, the inner personality parts. And that is a good introduction for people to see how they're always talking to themselves. I just made it conscious. Well, actually, I've got a book, Shad Helm's Letter. Uh What to say when you talk to yourself? Oh, that's great. Um, That's not a new discovery for me. You know, a lot of people are talking to themselves in the interpersonal part, and that's good. That's, That's really good. Again, I'm taking it a step further and saying that they're the parts of you that are carrying the shame guilt that we have to find to get rid of. And the main star, of course, is the inner critic. And he's the star of the show. And usually the loudest, I would imagine. Well, of course, he's the star. He wants to be heard. And there are, there are, everybody says, not everybody, but most would say, just shut him up, go away, get away, get away. Well, you know, he's part of us. He or she is part of us. So my approach is, I ask them what their name is. In the video that I have on YouTube, my inner critic called himself the king. Why not, right? So (laughs) the king and I, Lois, have to make friends. What do you, I feel like I'm like the ambassador because the king, the inner critic, has only one job to keep us safe. And the only thing he has in his toolbox is what? Shame and guilt. Well, it's interesting you say that because I often hear people say, and I have to say I'm guilty of it myself. You know, you might say to someone who's going through a hard time or if they're going through feelings of shame and guilt, well, you know, don't beat yourself up. But I think for a lot of people, that's easier said than done. What's your take on that? Well, you say to the, hi, hi, Mr. King. How are you? I'm Lois. We need to have a talk. It's the year 2020. Your king is living in 1960 when I was a seven, eight-year-old kid. When I was like a 20, 30-year-old kid, because I'm 77 now. You have to gauge wherever you want to gauge the numbers. See, the king doesn't know it's 2020. 
the king in your personality part only knows when he was created when you were a little kid. And he goes by what you were taught. You were taught shame and guilt behaviors. We all have. It's government, it's culture, it's religion, it's everything. So, of course, the king part's taught how to control you because that's what the culture teaches. No matter what country you're in, it's all over the place. So the king and you have to talk and say, I am now an adult and I've done a lot of work and I can protect myself. I appreciate you being protective of anything I do, but now we have to work this out together. Okay, sometimes it takes a day, sometimes it takes a year. Depends on the communication you can work with the inner critic. And then when the inner critic, ah, I say you can have more power because the inner critic loves power. Say, if we work together, you can have more power. And the inner critic says, more power? I'm interested. (laughs) So that's what I do. And then it works. And then you work out with the inner critic that he doesn't have to hit you on the head every time you do something wrong or you do something that's not appropriate or whatever. But he's the leader of the shame guilt producing. So unless you make friends with the inner critic, you're not going to get too far with beating yourself up. So for your expertise and knowledge, Lois, how can people contact you? Through my website, Lois, L-O-I-S, Hollis, H-O-L-L-I-S dot com. On my website, I have an e-book. And the e-book is 500 questions, one answer. Because in my experience, I found out that people don't know the many aspects of shame and guilt. So I have a composite 500 questions that people have asked me, and I relate it to shame, guilt behaviors. So there's 500 ways you can understand how shame and guilt impacts our life. And how, because you can't get rid of something unless you find it, correct? So that's the main thing is to find the shame, guilt within you. And then you can release it. Well, that sounds like a very useful tool indeed. Well, Lois, in the USA, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. The podcast series hosted by author Nigel Beckles, featuring discussions with award-winning authors, therapists, coaches, musicians, plus individuals with intriguing stories to share. Available on all major podcast platforms now, 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 now. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.